Hi, I'm Maria Theoharis of Bellasos, and this is So Organised Style Podcast featuring sewists from the Sober 50 community. Grab a cuppa and relax with us. I remember we had like 100,000 readers on our first day. And it was like, this isn't a tiny segment of the market. No. This is like a huge percent of people who are sewing. And before 2010, roughly, blogging was getting big and so on. It was less Instagram. But you didn't see people with bigger bodies very frequently at all. Like it was it was actually really, really rare. That's Jenny Rushmore of Cashmere Patterns. Jenny supports Sober 50 Sellers. And today she talks about the steps that Cashmere Patterns takes to increase representation in their business. Thanks for joining us on Sober 50 podcast on Soul Organized Style. Sober 50 intersects with all communities. We're a community that is so over ageism. The Sober 50 community is positively leading, being visible in the online sewing world. Hi. Good morning. How are you doing? Good, and you? Doing all right. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I really appreciate your time. No problem. Has it been a busy year for you? Yes, it has been a very busy year, especially with the launch of my book. So on top of everything else in Kashmir, I've also been writing a book, which is a huge amount of work. So yes. When you know, when you're writing a book, you've also got to make sure that you're still running the organization well that your home life is still kicking along all those sorts of things yeah no and now we have the club as well I think we had to design 22 patterns for this year and we're a team of three people so it was a lot of work (laughs) that's huge luckily we're very organized so that helps when you came to Australia it was very evident that you are a very organized person and you've got a background of working in corporate areas before can you just touch on that a little bit I'm not one of the people who like learned to sew on their mother's knee, you know, when they were five. Yeah. I didn't know anyone who sewed their own clothes, I don't think. And I really just went in for like a pretty standard kind of corporate marketing career. I did move outside the UK very quickly. I lived in different countries, eventually moved to America, to Boston, where I live now. I was always, you know, working on branding and marketing and business development. And the long and short of it is that I learned to sew when I was 30 and became super obsessed with it. I mean, for many reasons, actually, but partly because... I enjoyed the craft of it. I enjoyed the designing aspect, but the biggest one was that I could finally make clothes that fit me that I actually liked because previously it was hard to find things that fit, especially my boobs because I've just got enormous boobs. But even if I could find something to fit, it wasn't my style. It wasn't the fabric I wanted or it wasn't the length I wanted and so on. I think many of us have probably experienced this, but if your clothes don't kind of match your personality, it actually has a real impact on you. It's strange when you can't project who you are to the world through your clothes. So I learned to sew and everything changed pretty radically from there. The fact that you've got a background in marketing and you understand numbers, you're really helpful to Cyber 50 when the research was put out and you picked up an anomaly, but you were really kind in picking up one of those anomalies in your numbers and you really helped us out a lot. I think um, I am a very data-driven person, but I think more to the point for me is that um, representation is incredibly important for us at Cashmeret. I mean, fundamentally, I started Cashmeret because of the lack of representation of plus-size people and the lack of patterns for plus-size people. But very, very quickly, that broadened for us because... As people get older, they're a bit more likely to be plus size. And we found very, very quickly that last time I checked, like our average customer is like 55 years old. And it's funny because I think there's an assumption that indie pattern companies are for young people, in inverted commas, whatever you think young is, and that the big four is older. But actually, for us, that isn't the case at all. And I think that Cash Barrett really appeals 
to lots and lots of people who are in the so over 50 demographic for all kinds of reasons. We have very kind of like classic styles that look really, really good on curvy bodies, not more mature bodies. And so as a result, for a long time, we've been using more mature models. In this specific case, I kind of knew immediately because I'm very familiar with how many models we have who are older, who aren't white, or who are in any way representing the big diverse pool of SOAS that we have. But I was really glad that you guys were able to update the numbers a little bit and put that out there. There was a lot of work behind the scenes to put the numbers together. And when you picked it up straight away, we rectified it pretty quickly as well. And when I was told, I thought, yeah, well, Jenny knows the numbers and you do. So it was really great that you could help us out. No problem. You've talked about representation. Is that one of the outside pressures that you have for running your own patent company? I wouldn't necessarily talk about outside pressures. I think that the original place that Cash started yeah. was really my own need. It, so it was like me really personally, right? Like yeah. I care about what I look like. I like fashion. I can't find anything that fits me. And if for me, it wasn't also just being plus size. It was also having like enormous boobs. If I had like average size boobs, maybe I'd be, I don't even know what size I'd be, maybe like an 18. And there would maybe have been some sewing pants that fit me. Yeah. But because I'm an H carb, zero fit me. And yet I know that there's like huge numbers of people who have big boobs like me. And so at the very, very beginning, I'd always been interested in entrepreneurship. My parents are entrepreneurs, my brother's an entrepreneur, my other brother's trying to be an entrepreneur right now. You know, the big thing there is they always talk about is that you need to find an unmet need. You know, you need to find a portion of a market where there's an unmet need and where, you know, ideally you understand it really deeply and you're really passionate about it. And I was still in my corporate job. I was blogging. My blog was getting more and more popular. I set up the Curvy Sewing Collective with some other sewists. That became like instantly popular. I remember we had like 100,000 readers on our first day. And it was like, this isn't a tiny segment of the market. No. This is like a huge percent of people who are sewing. And before 2010, roughly, blogging was getting big and so on. It was less Instagram. But you didn't see people with bigger bodies very frequently at all. Like it was, it was actually really, really rare. And so I think that my blog and the Curvy Sewing Collective, all of a sudden, like all these people came out and they were like, oh, me too. And so we were able, as the Curvy Sewing Collective, to have a place where we gathered together like all the info that we'd gain the scraps from here and there and bring them into one place like here are the brands where you might fit like here are adjustments that you can do and so on and it was realizing how popular that was and I was like you know what I actually think someone needs to like step into this market and do this now the funny thing is since then we now have a very broad size range. So now we go from zero to 32, but we still have the cup sizes from C to H because people of all sizes have big boobs. That's how we got to where we are now. These days it's been great. You know, we have like a huge community all around the world of sewers who like love what we do. We now have like dozens and dozens and dozens of patterns. It's sort of a dream come true to like run a business where you enjoy what you're doing on a daily basis you know that you're helping other people and you know you makes enough money to live on you know? i'm so happy that back in 2015 i decided to take that jump when you came to australia you ran workshops and those workshops were filled you know the sydney class wasn't just people from sydney they flew in just to do your class yeah that was really amazing i'm a quasi introvert i'm not someone who's like constantly out in big groups of people but one thing that became really apparent to me in the last few years is it kind of doesn't matter where I am. Like if I 
put something out saying like, hey, we're in this country or in this city. Like, does anyone want to meet up and do something? But there are people in most places. We've always had a really healthy community in Australia and New Zealand. The funny thing is that the origin story of how that even began. Yeah. I was beginning to think about having a kid and I was like, oh, you know, maybe I'm going to have a baby. I'm not sure. You know, I was thinking about it. And it was re- it was like a dark winter in Boston, like dark gray. We were still in a um, studio that had no heating, believe it or not. So we had space heaters and oh, horrible. And I was in there with Carrie. These few things came together at the same time. And I was just like, once I have a kid, I'm not going to be able to just like easily travel in the same way as I used to. But also like this weather's horrible. And also I don't have a regular job where I have to be somewhere. And also should we to Australia next year? (laughs) And I literally just had this thought. I was like, I'm pretty sure if we went down there, we would be able to teach classes. And then that would kind of like fund it a bit. And I asked Carrie if she'd like to go. And she was like, yep, yes, I would. Um, yeah, that was the beginning of it. And we I, I honestly wasn't sure at the beginning. Like, I knew we weren't going to be doing, like, class every day. And, yeah, we did a bit of research. We found some potential locations. I mean, honestly, knowing very little, it's not like we had anyone, like, there. If we were to ever do it again, we now have, like, this whole network of people who would be able to help us. But we did it all over the internet. So in the end, we ended up having two workshops in Sydney and one in Melbourne. So yeah, it was fantastic. I mean, I had such a fun time. I can tell you right now that they were some of the most fun classes that I have ever, I have ever seen. I think maybe I have like the vibe of an Australian. It was just very easy to get along with. Everyone was very happy. Um, yeah, we had a great time. I would love to do it again at some point. But at this point, you know, bringing a four and a half year old in tow would be a little bit of a different matter. So maybe not for another few years. When it comes to finding models who represent the Cyber 50 community, what do you look for? With all our models, regardless of demographics of any type, we, on the whole, are looking, first of all, because now we have the full size range, right? We're looking for people with big boobs. <laughs> that is the first thing we're looking for. In particular, you know, people who are like F, G, H are really good. We don't have that many models in that size range, yep. but it's great because it kind of shows our designs to their max. You can have really big boobs and not have to make alterations. We get the like strongest response on social media and stuff from people where, it really demonstrates like how good a fit that you can achieve even if you have big boobs so that's kind of our like our baseline even though we have the full size range now we are kind of plus size first so where we can find plus size people we prefer that and then these days we're looking for people who are local you know over time as a business owner about two years ago I kind of had this like slight realization profitability structure wasn't great and we needed to work on that because you know at a certain point you really need it to be being very profitable And so it's like, okay, we probably shouldn't be flying people in from around the country. And, you know, it's always been important to me to have more than one model on every pattern. People want to see a range of bodies and a range of people. And so now we're much more kind of local. So we're like, you know, it's people who are in Massachusetts predominantly or in the Northeast of the US. Generally, I'm looking for someone who has like a confidence or a spark in them that it makes them appealing. And it doesn't mean that you have to be like a classic model. I mean, first of all, all of them are amateur and very few of them would be able to be a professional model. But what they are is they kind of embody what we have at Cashmere, which is about 
being positive and happy and confident in yourself and like being really happy with how you're representing yourself to the world. And to some extent, it's kind of a, a gut feel thing. Like I sometimes will approach people in the street or I've approached people in cafes or in yoga classes and so on. To me, it's just this spark of obvious. It's like, oh, wow, you carry yourself as a person, like you just seem so positive. You're kind of radiating this like good vibes. That's the really big thing we're looking for. We have done model searches like many times. You know, we do have fewer people over 50 applying. And I think there's a, a sort of natural like thing where people are maybe like, oh, I don't know if people want to look at me. And I'm always like, yes, we may well, we may well love you. Like, please apply. We really encourage people. Always asking people or like we have models and they're like, you know, who else are you looking for? Maybe I have friends and we'll often ask them. Okay. You know, one of our models, Cynthia, who Cynthia was in the Stanton hoodie pattern and on the cover. And then she's also in my new book, Sewing the Curve. And I just love her so much. She's got like fabulous hair. She's got these big gray ringlets, silver ringlet hair. She has awesome glasses. She is just so great. And she is the aunt of someone who patent tested for us. And I don't think that she would necessarily have ever like picked up or thought to apply to model. Her niece was just like, my aunt is so like such a cool person. And yeah, and she is fantastic at modeling. You do have to be confident enough that you can stand in front of a few people looking at you under professional lights with a camera at you and be able to get to a point of feeling relaxed. And to be honest, that's the biggest challenge for most non-professional models. It can feel very, very intimidating. And some people walk up there and immediately like, they're so relaxed and they're happy and whatever. Some people take a little bit of warming up and that's fine. You get a vibe from people sometimes that they're kind of just like living out loud, right? And like, they're kind of proud and happy of who they are. Those people almost always are amazing models. You know, those are the factors we're looking for. But I will say, even if we're not doing a model search, oh my goodness. So if anyone's hearing this and they're like, oh, I meet those criteria or I could meet those criteria and I live in that area, you know, email us. Especially now that we have the club, we actually do photo shoots every six to eight weeks now, which is a little bit challenging, but we do them very, very often. So we are constantly looking for people. And, you know, we do have our little stable of older models now, but, you know, there's nothing I would like more than to make that stable bigger. And, you know, and especially we would love more older models who aren't white as well, which we haven't had many of the of people who meet those criteria. Um, and that's, you know, representation of people, not just white people, but people of all races is another huge thing for us. We work very diligently on it. We're, we're roughly 50%, which I'm quite pleased with, but we haven't managed to get that crossover yet yep. of older and not white. Yeah, if you're listening to this and that that means you meet our criteria, please get in touch. You could basically say this is an ad to bring more people in who provide that variety of look, and, but have that energy that is cashmere. Exactly. It's the majority of our customer base really like women in their 40s, 50s, 60s. We have club members in their 70s and 80s who are chatting in our forum all the time. It's always fun when they're like, I've been sewing for like 50 years and finally I'm like happy with what I'm making because of cashmere, which is very, you know, it's lovely. But I think people don't necessarily, don't necessarily always realize that because I think, as I said, there's this assumption that indie patterns must be for young people sometimes, or that they're run by young people, which is funny because I think every indie pattern company I know is run by someone in their 40s or 50s. But it's a kind of the perception that's out there. You could say that it's the new young is the 40s. Yeah, no, no, it's true. Yeah. Okay. So Jenny, you've already had a really busy year. What's next? Yeah. So we have so many things going on at Cashmere right now. The biggest thing that we have is our Cashmere Club 
So we launched that last year and it's been like wildly successful beyond what I ever could have imagined. And I think a little bit like the Curvy Sewing Collective, what it showed me is that there was such a desire to have like more community and the ability to connect with more sewers. Because if you're really lucky, maybe you have friends who are also into sewing, but so many of us don't. And if you live in a place that's far away from where classes are, or you can't afford classes, it can be a bit tricky. You know, you're just like, you sew in the evening after your kids have gone to bed, but it can be kind of an isolating activity. So what our Cashmere Club does is we have over 4,000 people from around the world It is basically a way to connect on all things curvy sewing in a really like deep way. And also I'm involved a lot more in it, put it that way. So if you buy a normal cash rep pattern, you get the pattern, you go home, you can look at some tutorials online, but that's about as far as it goes. With the Cash Rope Club, as a brand new pattern every month, they really, really enjoy, is they also have an hour-long masterclass from me every month about fitting, because that's really what we're all about, about fitting. We have live events, and we have people joining from all around the world. We do them at different times so that people can join. And we have a really thriving online forum as well. It's not on Facebook or Instagram, so it's totally private. We don't have, you know, spam in it and so on, which is, you know, really, really nice. And it's been really fantastic. And ultimately, what it's enabling people to do is develop a wardrobe of clothes that actually fit. So if people are interested, they can go to cashmaret.com forward slash club. That's been a lot of work and lots of excitement. The other thing is my second book, which is Sewing the Curve, Learn How to Sew Clothes to Boost Your Wardrobe and Your Confidence. It comes with the six patterns. And I wanted to make sure that there was you know, sort of something for everyone. But the six patterns include patterns that we have had lots of our non-beginner community ask us for over the years. So yeah, those are our two huge things. We only have three people on our team. It's a small group, but yeah, it's all been really exciting. And, you know, as long as everyone continues to be enthusiastic and like loving it, we will continue putting those things out. That's wonderful. You've got such a big organization and it's three of you that are running it that's amazing that's right we're very organized i will say we do have lots of contractors so it's it's three full-time people and there are other people who help us out yeah i think that's where my corporate background helps (laughs) yes jenny i really appreciate the fact that you've given me and our listeners your time today You've been a great supporter of Sober 50 and it's been good to hear how you factor in representation and how you've got a large size range on offer and definitely the women with big boobs. Thank you so much. It was such a lovely opportunity to talk to you and thanks very much for inviting me. Thank you, Jenny. This episode of Sober 50 Podcast on Soul Organized Style was produced by me, Maria Thea Harris, with permission of Jenny of Cashmere at Patterns, sound by bensound.com. If you want to provide a guest post for Sober 50, make sure you direct message Sandy at Sober 50 on Instagram. You can subscribe to Soul Organized Style Podcast, but with an S, not a Z, on all good podcast apps. Make sure you go back and listen to our free Sober 50 Podcast archive. And if you can, consider supporting the production of this podcast on Patreon. We look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe, everyone.